Hey guys, it's Derek from Derek Chai Photography and welcome to episode 8 of our podcast series. Before we begin today to talk about our topic, which is part 3 of my series on just a guide through my photography workflow, I'd like to just apologize for the, for the audio quality. As some of you guys may know, if you've been following my podcast from the get, is that I've been using my Apple AirPods and making these podcasts while in my car driving to and from my, my day job. And listening back to the, to the audio, I'm not real happy with it. There seems to be a lot of muffling and a lot of sort of static. And I will be doing what I can to improve those. I might, as you know, during the holidays and after the holiday season, I will try different earpieces and microphones to try and get optimum audio quality because you know you do I nobody wants to be listening to crappy sound and unfortunately that's what you guys have had to put up with so I'd like to thank you guys very much for staying put and putting up with this I promise you that as I get more experience and I get better at doing these podcasts the sound quality will definitely get better and it may get to the point that I may choose to delete some of the older podcasts and re-record them so that you get a better audio experience because I feel like the stuff I have to say is really important and I hope that it helps all you photographers out there get not only a little bit of an appreciation of how hard it is to to be a professional photographer but also for all you keen photographers out there if I'm able to provide you with any advice or tips to make your pictures better then I'm very I'm really really happy and I've done my job so yep so thank you for putting up with with the lousy sound um feel free to leave any comments at Derek at derekchaiphotography.com.au but as I said I'm aware that the audio quality is not up to par at the moment and I'm doing everything I can to rectify it so we're on to part three of our series and that's basically the post shoot workflow. As I mentioned at the end of yesterday's podcast, that the one thing I make sure that I do before I go to bed at night after a photo shoot is to make sure that I have all my photos backed up. And that's just a personal thing. I don't want to take any risks. But one thing I also don't do is I don't go through and reminisce and you know flick through all the photos as soon as I get home. Because as much as you want to, You don't want to be in a situation where, you know, you're so tired and you're looking through them and, you know, you've you've worked hard. You've done a 12-hour day or whatever and probably lots of prep before that. And You just need to give yourself a break. You want to have a good night's sleep and get up and look at the photos with fresh eyes. You will always, if, if you're a perfectionist or if you're someone who is really obsessed with the quality of your, of your pictures, you're always going to be critical of, of the images you take and they're going to be ones that disappoint you. I've never, and I don't think I ever will, complete an entire photo shoot without being disappointed at least in one picture where I went, oh, if I just got this or if I just did that or if the flash had fired, this would have been the perfect picture, but alas, it isn't. And it happens to everybody. But the whole thing about difference between a professional photographer and an amateur is that with amateur photographers 
every single one, person who has a camera is perfectly capable of taking that magic shot. But what separates them from a professional is one, the ability to take that perfect shot under pressure, and two, is the ability to rip, reproduce or replicate that shot many times over. A wedding, a bride and groom are not going to be happy if you give them one epic photo and 500 sucky photos because you've just managed to fluke the one good one. And, you know, that's the thing. So get plenty of rest the night after of the shoot and then look at everything again with fresh eyes in the morning. Make sure that you, know, you have your breakfast and just sit down with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and just slowly go through it. And that's how I approach my wedding or post-shoot workflow. So once you've got your cup of tea and you sat down in front of the computer, the important thing is to have some peace and be distraction-free when you go through the photos. You don't want the TV on in the background. I don't like having loud music on because it distracts your ability to, to really just focus and concentrate because one of the things that is going to kill your business really quickly is if you don't have a good workflow for, for post-processing. You charge this amount of money for the shoot and that cost also includes the amount of time you spend processing the photos afterwards. So you may think you're charging $200 an hour, but if you're spending you know, a 10 hour shoot, for example, which you know, you're getting $2,000, but then you're spending you know, 50 hours editing the photos afterwards, you know, you're working out getting less than $40 an hour for the, for the photos in, in total. And basically that's gonna become really difficult to sustain might as well get a job selling cosmetics at David Jones and you'll get the same amount of money. So you've got to be efficient and whether you use Adobe or Capture One or any other software, that doesn't matter. You just got to have a workflow. It'd be good to, to have some presets if you can, just so that you get through things quickly. My first run through of any photo shoot is I always just cull, cull, cull. So, you know, people don't want to see 500 images, which 200 of them are exactly the same. This is one of those situations where quality is way better than quantity. People who expect 2,000 photos of a wedding are usually going to, you know, you just got to educate your clients, as we said. 2,000 photos of a wedding, they're going to have a 1,000 of them that look exactly the same or are of inferior quality, and that's not what you want to deliver. So, culling is important. My first run through is, I, I remove from the from my work, and this is the key, I remove from my work, but I do not delete the pictures. So they're still there, yet for some reason I'm desperate to use them, and I delete, and I remove everything that is completely, which I think is completely unsuitable, something I don't like. So basically anything that's out of focus, anything where, you know, potentially the, the flash didn't fire, or when the subject is looking terrible, mouths open, you know, sneezing, all that kind of stuff. The only exception for that is if I end up having a photo which is a key element and I didn't really nail the shot fully. And then in that situation, you may have to use one of the inferior pictures. So if it's slightly out of focus, you know, you might have to just accept it. There are some things you can do to minimize that effect, you know, you can kind of hide it a little bit. You can't hide it fully. Anyone who's professional is going to be able to tell. But 
you may just be able to do enough with it to get away with it it's not going to be your best work but if it's for example you know a first kiss or an exchange of the rings and that's all you got then that's all you got and you've got to you've still got to be able to deliver that image to the client on the second run through I do a little bit of exposure adjustment I still don't do anything major because you're going to come across a lot of images which are duplicate and unless there is a significant change in you know facial expression or where I think this, the hand is looking much you know much better in one shot than the other I don't tend to dwell too much I don't deliver images that look very similar to each other because it just makes you look like you're unable to pick your best work for them and you're just giving them everything and part of it is all about being professional and being professional means that you know what images you should deliver to your clients and so as I said I don't work too hard at this point I just adjust the exposure make sure it looks okay I do some more culling and it is the next run through where you start really getting fancy so that's the next part I'm going to go into and talk about what to do with enhancing the, the image further. Now with this run through, obviously you've got the best of the best now and they're the ones that you're going to potentially want to put in albums or upload to your online gallery or display on your website as marketing. So you really want to give them a good go and you're going to use all the settings on Lightroom or whatever software you're using and you're going to want to do a few things potentially in Photoshop to even further enhance. So you may want to clone out some things using the clone stamp tool on Photoshop. You may want to do some spot healing. You may want to do some cropping. You may you just want to make them look perfect and adjust the brightness. You're going to adjust the shadows and the whites and the blacks and some of the hues and saturations and remove any distortion. Those things are really important because you are charging premium rates and you have to you have to deliver a premium product you can't justify charging thousands of dollars to deliver something that is straight out of camera is totally unedited and you know you've got garbage in the background garbage bins sitting around you've got somebody's handbag just behind the bride stuff like that you have to remove and you just got to do it and that's the important thing once you're really happy with the images what I would next do is I upload them to, if it's part of the agreement, to my online gallery. So that's one thing. And then I add a little sneak preview on my social media. And that could be Facebook and Instagram, Tumblr or whatever you've agreed to. And I'd like to do the, the sneak preview within 24 hours of the event because it gets people excited. It gets people talking. There is a, there is a trend towards doing these same-day edits now. So basically, especially for things like weddings, is that after you take the photos of the ceremony and the prep and stuff like that, you actually have those photos ready to display at the reception. And that can be on a slideshow on your computer or on a projector screen. But, you know, that's a lot of work. You're going to have to charge extra for that. And you're also going to make sure that your ability is at that level where you're able to do that. If you're still at the stage where you have to do a lot of tuning on, on post-processing post to make your photos look decent, I would not offer this service. But if you're half decent and getting stuff straight out of the camera, that's something you can consider offering because it does get 
the guests and the bride and the groom and the family talking and it does increase your marketability. So with all that said and done, you deliver the images and one of the things that is really important is you deliver the images in, in, a, in an agreed amount of time. And one of the things that's really good is to actually, you've heard of the old saying, you, you under-promise and you over-deliver. So if you're going to say that it's, you're going to deliver the images in four weeks, try to do it in three. Because that's really going to impress the clients. They're going to get the photos before they expect it to. And that's the type of talking point that's going to get them to, to sell and market for you by telling all their potential friends who might be getting married, well, look, you know, these guys are great, the service was fast, the photos were fantastic, and that's what you want to do, and, you know, that's one of the great tools that you can use. Um, I'm not saying that you lie by stretching out the, the time frame, but, you know, you just, you just do it quicker than they expect, and you give them more than they expect. If you think that, you know, you, you, you feel like you're in the position where you want to give away a free print, you don't necessarily have to package this all, all this stuff at the start, but you could surprise the clients by giving them a free print that they weren't expecting or giving them a little, what I like to do is give them a little Animoto slideshow. That's not part of the package, but when they see that, they fall in love with it. And again, it's all about customer service and customer experience. And, I want them to get the best, so that's something I do quite often, is to provide a free slideshow. Um, you could do things like add an extra couple of pages to the album at no extra cost, just all these little things, and it'll keep your clients coming back for more. Remembering that if you shoot their wedding, there's a chance that they might one day have a kid, and they may want you to do their maternity photos, so don't ever you know, write off any shoot as a once-only experience. And if you can demonstrate value, they'll come back and get you to do other stuff in the future. Now, I just want to talk quickly about some of the logistic things about delivering products to the clients. Now, it depends on you as to what type of shoots you're doing and how your payment works out. So, some photographers want to have the entire amount paid before they actually arrive at the shoot. Some people are happy to receive a down payment in terms of a deposit or what's more commonly known as a retainer because theoretically with a deposit if they cancel out on you you have to refund the deposit but you don't necessarily have to refund a retainer. Um, and you know you get the payment either on the day day before or even on delivery of the products and that's entirely up to you but what I strongly advise you to do is never give away your product before you receive payment the last thing you want to do because what you what you don't realize is once a client receives the stuff there is no incentive for them to, to rush and pay you because they've already got it so if it takes four, six or eight weeks to pay, you've got no recourse because you can't say, look, if you don't pay me, I'm not going to give you the photos because you've already given it to them. So that's one thing I would definitely not do. Um, I always ask for a retainer before I do a shoot just because I don't want to be in a situation where I can book somebody else but I've had to give up that opportunity because someone else has asked to take the photos and they decide at the last minute they don't want. So I always take the retainer. I ask for payment on completion of the job but before delivery of the final product.
if you're in a situation where you know your client is not happy with your photos and touch wood that hasn't happened to us yet but I guess at some point it may be you need to decide whether it's worth it to to fight with people now some people have genuine grievances and you know it yourself so for example if you screwed up and you missed some photos or if your photos are like badly exposed or badly focused you know that you don't deserve to get that sort of pay and you need to you need to own that what you can do is you can either offer to give them their money back offer to increase I don't know give them an extra print or a extra few pages of the album depending on the quality of your prints that you can provide um, or you can give them a discount of other some uh, other description I would never deny responsibility if it's genuine because it goes on to your to your sort of business persona if you're known as the guy who just blames the clients for everything even though it's clear that you made the mistake that will quickly spread and no one will book you so that's important but however if you're in a situation where you think your photos are pretty good and the clients are just causing trouble and all they are after is just a discount for no good reason then I would you know I would hold I would pretty much just say look you know I've delivered I delivered the product that we agreed to and I think I've done a job which is a above and beyond what you expect and I think that it's reasonable for us to to settle it with the with the amount of money that was agreed upon um, you know you, you're not going to just give people a discount just because they're, they're demanding it if you know your work is good and that's why I would stand I would hold tight to that I wouldn't let people bully you and because it, it's ultimately got to be proud of your work you've got to be proud of what you do and you've got to maintain your your business image and you don't want to be known as the, the easy pushover because the word also gets out so good press bad press all gets out and if you're known as a guy that can be easily pushed into giving discounts when the discounts are inappropriate other people will take advantage of that and you you've got to pick the clients that are right for you and Sometimes, you know, if you have an unpleasant experience, you still got to make them pay. They'll never come back to you, but hey, they were never going to come back to you in the first place. So, that's my two cents on what to do if a client is a difficult one. And, you know, you just got to develop your own strategies for dealing with this because I can't be the one who gives you the script. It depends on how you're able to approach things like that. And once you're all done with your client and you know you're not we're not even at the point where you're talking about helping them build albums or anything but once you've delivered the product it's time that we move on you can't dwell on the successes or the failures of the past and you have to still go out there and hustle and get new clients they say you're only as good as your last photo shoot but you still have to do more photo shoots to keep your business going so remember to keep marketing offer them you know depending on again on the situation you may be able to offer a special where you anyone that they refer you will give them a, specific, a particular discount and now you'll give them a discount on future shoots that's something that's worth considering depending on your marketing 
in your business model but you've just got to try and make use of, of the clients because word of mouth is one of the best ways to either grow a business or to ruin your business. So if you've done a good job, get them to advertise for you. Get your clients to market, get your clients to put reviews on your website or social media and just get them to tag their friends in the photos and just get them to talk about you. And that's, that's what you need. You need the only way you get clients is for people to know who you are and that you do good work. And there is no, there's no better advertising material than a past client who loves your work. It's better than spending you know, $100 putting an ad in a magazine that people just want to flick through. Because it's not personal. Most phot photographers get a lot of their clients from referrals from friends and family of their previous clients. And that's that's what you got to go for. And I wish you all the best in your photographic endeavors. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. And remember just to keep going out there, keep shooting, keep doing what you love and keep doing it as often as you can because you don't want to you don't want to die with regret. So until the next episode, have fun and I'll catch you next time. Bye.